The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. And now, The Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Cam Edwards, your host. And the good news is that, uh, yes, we actually have a 40 Acres and a Fool uh, two weeks in a row. That's, that's a good start to the new year. The uh, slightly bad news is that Missy is not going to be with us this evening. Uh, in order for me to get a new 40 Acres and a Fool podcast out, I'm having to record this uh, on my way to Washington. D.C., uh, where I will be uh, doing Cam and Company and uh, uh, actually doing the Federalist Radio with uh, Ben Dominic. So I am uh, on the road this evening, Miss E, and the kids are back at home, but uh, but you got me, and uh, we are going to try to do another uh, podcast here uh, over the weekend or certainly before uh, Miss E's next round of chemotherapy, which will be uh, the end of next week. So um, the good news is that, uh, you know, she's gotten over her week of feeling like crap and uh, is now back to feeling pretty good. Um, I think her attitude is very positive for the most part. Uh, you know, and again, for the vast, vast majority of the time, she is uh, really, really positive. Um, the you know side effects from the chemotherapy have been... Um, yeah, I don't want to say not as bad as it was the last time around because it still sucks for her. And there are still, you know, three or four days in a row where she just feels absolutely miserable. Um, so far, you see, has kept her hair this time, which, uh, you know, she was kind of, I don't want to say looking forward to losing it again, but uh, she hated the fact that it came in curly. Uh, now it's actually long enough that it has some body to it and bounce, and I think she doesn't mind it as much. So, uh, so far, that um, her hair is still intact. Her spirits are certainly still intact, and uh, and we definitely appreciate all of the thoughts and the prayers, and uh, please keep them coming. So um, we do know a little bit more about the timeline of how things are, are going to work here, and so she'll have one more round of chemotherapy. We'll wait three weeks to see, uh, let, let that do its job, basically. Then we'll uh, do a CT scan, and uh, we'll get the results, and we'll know if this is working, and, um, and we hope and pray that it that it is so it's you know there are days where um i too am very positive there are days where i struggle but um honestly you know i try to tell myself that uh, uh getting stressed out and 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 you know letting the fear uh consume me is not helpful uh it doesn't do anything to change the course of events and it uh uh, isn't good for me or for Missy or for anybody else. So uh, for the most part, I'm doing pretty well as well. I know that uh, had some folks asking and um, you know, the family's doing OK. Uh, the, the kids are, you know, for the most part, I mean, they're kind of oblivious to the seriousness of this. Um, and, and, and that's partly by design. And it's also, I think, partly just because, you know, your kids can't fathom the seriousness of something like this. It's, it's really hard for them to wrap their heads around. And so it's been kind of, you know, business as usual for them. And um, we had a little uh, sit down with them a couple of days ago where I 
just tried to explain and impart how important it was that um that they step up a little bit in terms of, you know, doing what is expected of them before Miss E has to, uh, has to uh, remind them time and time again. Uh, and, and they've been better. So I, that's, that's good. It's been a, a pretty good week since we last spoke. Uh, for the most part, uh, on the farm, it's been a little bit warmer, <laughs> which is good. All of the critters are doing okay. Although... Uh, once again, our goats have managed to eat the electric wires that uh, provide power to the electric fence. So our electric fence is uh, dead in the water right now for the goats. And um, we have them uh, pinned up. It's not ideal, but uh, for the next couple of days until we get new wires, they are safely ensconced in a uh, pretty big pen. Uh, everybody seems to be doing fine. The, uh, the pigs... Uh, are now on the wait list for our processor. So the countdown to freezer camp has begun. We're looking at probably a month from now, maybe about three weeks from now, the uh, the hogs will head off to freezer camp. Uh, in the meantime, they too uh, are right now without an electric fence because uh, the uh, solar charger that we were using for the goats, or for the uh, pigs rather, the goats, after they got out of their own uh, area, managed to eat the wires for the hogs. <sighs> Solar charger and uh, battery panel. Yeah, so that's just great. Um, so <laughs> that was an expensive week because we now had to uh, order some parts from Premier One, which are uh, on their way. Uh, inside the home, I think we talked about this before. We, uh, you know, our, our house has been built uh, and added on to for hundreds of years. Uh, first couple rooms were a, uh, a cabin that was built somewhere between 1776 and 1780. Uh, and then there's just been, you know, rooms added on uh, ever since then. Plumbing came to our home apparently just a few short decades ago in the 1970s. And our downstairs bathroom, uh, it, it got a little, the floor got a little bouncy. We had a, a water leak uh, behind the toilet uh, over a year ago. Thought it was a simple thing, uh, thought it was a simple fix, and we thought that it was fixed, but uh, no, no, no. No, no. Um, instead, we uh, ended up having uh, dry rot in uh, uh, the bathroom floor, in one of the uh, joists. And uh, when we noticed the floor get a little bit bouncy, um, decided that we needed to uh, get this taken care of. It has been taken care of this week. I'm so excited that uh, we don't have to worry about the toilet crashing through our floor uh, anymore. And it's weird because, you know, living in such an old home, when Miss E and I were actually looking for a house, this was one of our points of contention. Miss E wanted an old, rambling farmhouse that had been built onto over the years. I, at the time, did not want an old house. I wanted something that was relatively new in construction, and I didn't have to worry about it falling apart. Well, <clears throat> like many things, I, I was foolish. Um, because as it turns out, the oldest part of our home I think is by far the sturdiest and and and, and best constructed. Uh, we've got a uh, portion of the house that was added onto in like the 1880s, 
that is really settled. And so there's this uh, back staircase that is this kind of crazy, you know, funhouse tilt to it. Uh, portions of the home, uh, Missy's office was uh, built actually, uh, that room was, I think it was added onto in like the 1990s. And uh, Missy says there's just all kinds of issues with the, uh, the windows in that office. But the stuff that was built in the, uh, you know, 18th century, uh, that stuff's perfect. It's fantastic. So uh, keep your fingers crossed. We don't have any more <laughs> unexpected uh, home expenses here. It has been a, uh, yeah, now that I think about it, it's been a good week, but it's been an expensive start to the new year. All right. When we come back, we have uh, more news from the farm and much more news from you as well. The email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. We'll be back with more coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. gray and i look down and there's a cockroach there the size of a, a volkswagen and i picked there happened to be a big dictionary to i took it off the counter and slammed it down on the cockroach <laughs> didn't even phase the cockroach that all you got it didn't even phase it it laughed at me it laughed. Oh, you must not be from texas <laughs> pat gray weekdays from noon to three eastern only on the blaze radio network 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards continues on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back here on 40 Acres and a Fool. Cam Edwards, your host. And I ran across a really cool local story. Uh, My local congressman, Tom Garrett from Virginia, uh, tweeted this out. It's from Voice of America. uh, And it's the story of a, a family of Sudanese refugees who left Sudan and actually settled near Farmville, Virginia. Uh, so the Voice of America went out to Cumberland, Virginia, which is just a few miles from uh, from where we live, and uh, spoke with Hassan Abdurrahim, uh, who is one of the uh, refugees and, and really the, the, the leader of this family. It's because of uh, Mr. Abdurrahim that uh, these other refugees are here in the area. Uh, as the Voice of America says, uh, uh, Abdurrahim says it's unbelievable, uh, describing his journey from a crowded prison cell in Sudan to a fixed-up house on the farm of his new pastor. <laughs> uh, his work as a former pastor, uh, not outlawed in Sudan, according to the Voice of America, but Christians are a minority in a diverse country that has suffered through multiple civil wars. Uh, Abdurrahim uh, says that he was spreading the gospel. The Sudanese government says he was actually engaged in espionage. He and two other pastors were detained uh, at the end of 2015. He said uh, the first day they took us to prison, they beat us. Uh, so for months and months, he was uh, shifted around Sudan. They kept moving him from prison to prison. Uh, he said he was wearing the uh, the same clothes that he wore when he was arrested for months and months. His uh, eyesight became damaged. He said uh, constant interrogations, uh, you know, on short rations. But he said the worst part uh, when he was talking to Voice of America, he said the worst part was not knowing what was going on with his family. He said it was a very hard time thinking about my family because I didn't know anything about them. Eventually, he sent us to 12 years in prison, uh, and he thought that that's maybe where he was going to spend, you know, the next decade. But, but there was this voice inside. He said, no one told me, but I had the peace that something was going on outside. And uh, 
that peace of mind, um, I, you know, apparently had a basis in reality because uh, Tom Garrett, uh, who represents the 5th Congressional District in Virginia, uh, saw this Facebook post that was describing uh, Mr. Abdurrahim. And he said, uh, he said, I didn't know any better. So I got in my car and I drove to the Sudanese embassy and I asked to speak with the ambassador. Uh, according to the Voice of America, it was the first time that a member of Congress had spoken to the Sudanese government in 10 years. So uh, Tom Garrett uh, picks up this cause as the Voice of America says, thousands of messages, hundreds of work hours, and a trip to Sudan, Garrett collaborated with non-governmental organizations to free Abdul Rahim in May of 2017. Uh, he also worked to secure humanitarian parole status to bring the pastor and his family to the United States. Uh, this is amazing. Um, Abdul Rahim and his family recently visited Washington, D.C. They got to uh, meet uh, Tom Garrett. And uh, Tom Garrett said, uh, he said, you can love a bill. He said, you can believe in a bill, you can advocate on behalf of a bill, but you can't say a prayer with a bill or have dinner with a bill or shake hands with a bill. He said it was sort of surreal uh, getting to meet uh, Mr. Abdul Rahim. And this is my favorite part of the story. Voice of America says five churches in Garrett's district banded together to fix up a home for the family, launching a GoFundMe page to pay for food, clothing, and other expenses while the family waits for work authorizations. In the meantime, family members have been adjusting to the incredible change of leaving Sudan to build a life in America. For them, everything is new, from discovering constant running hot water to buying winter coats for the snow that they will soon see for the first time. It is, uh, again, an incredible story. And uh, from just, you know, just down the road from where I am. So uh, Tar Wallet Baptist Church, the pastor there, uh, uh, engaging Mr. Abdul Rahim, who is now an associate pastor uh, at the church. And I've, I've driven by this church so many times before. Uh, and I've always kind of thought, what a weird name, Tar Wallet Baptist Church. Uh, I never really gave it much more thought than that. But uh, I have to say, I am, I am awfully tempted to show up at the Tarwallet Baptist Church this Sunday so I can meet Mr. Abdul Rahim. And, uh, you know, again, you don't think of rural Virginia as being the type of spot where you would find a uh, pastor who uh, had to flee Sudan uh, in the face of a decades-long prison sentence. But... You know, even the uh, the small, out-of-the-way places in this country uh, are a heck of a lot more interesting and diverse and full of fascinating people than uh, a lot of the big city media uh, gives us credit for. Stick around. There is more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up, but we've got to take a quick time out first. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. Uh, Cam Edwards flying solo this week. Miss E is going to join us here in just a few days. We're going to have another brand new podcast, and I've been kicking around the idea of, of doing an episode uh, devoted to specifically to the uh, 2018 uh, uh, seed catalogs that have come out. 
because you know this is always kind of it comes out you know we start getting the first catalogs uh, right there in uh, the midst of the Christmas shopping season and I don't know about you but uh, I generally just kind of have to put them aside for a few weeks right I mean it's December you're not thinking about the garden yet but about this time of year you know you really do have to start thinking about the garden in fact Miss E uh, told me the other day she's like you know we're going to start planting some stuff we were a little late this last year we better get on the stick early so yeah it's time to pick out uh, our 2018 tomatoes and peppers and we are going to try some cucumbers this year Uh, i have a different place in the garden to put them Missy wants to, uh, she's, she's being awfully audacious right now because she wants uh, beans this year and a whole bunch of stuff that uh, we haven't done for a couple of years. So I think the next episode uh, may just be picking out uh, and uh, highlighting some of uh, our new additions and some of the, uh, the, the, the old standards now, the staples uh, in our garden. But <clears throat> this can also... Uh, be an interactive segment because I'd love to hear what you are planting uh, this year. Anything new? Is there anything that caught your eye? Uh, And by the way, what is your favorite seed catalog? Because we get, it seems like a dozen different seed catalogs. You know, everybody from the Southern Seed Exchange to Territorial Seed Company to Johnny's to Pins, not Pinsies, they're spices. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, there's there's no shortage of seed catalogs uh, that uh, arrive. Baker Creek is another one. So which, which one is your favorite uh, seed catalog? What's the one that you look forward to? What's the uh, company that uh, you tend to uh, stick to? Or, or is there one? Do you uh, uh, sample and purchase seeds from a variety of sources? Uh, email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. I've got a few emails actually to get to. Uh, first from Sean in Oklahoma. Says, I hope you're doing well, all things considered. And uh, thank you, Sean. Believe it or not, we actually are doing well, all things considered. Uh, Sean says raw water. Really? What's next? Raw bread? (laughs) Rat's asshole? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, Sean, I believe that uh, rat asshole is actually a delicacy in uh, Kuala Lumpur. Nah, listen, uh, fry it up, charge enough for it, and I'm sure that there are some suckers in Silicon Valley that pay good money for it. Uh, In response to your question, uh, he said there were two, but he only asked one. Uh, yeah, I forget what the other question was supposed to be, but uh, that one question was good enough for two, I think. Uh, Sean says, we were hoping to sell our house this spring, so we won't be doing much until we move. Uh, once we do move, we'll start with the chickens again. Plus, we still have our rabbits that we'll take with us. Uh, Sean wondering if he, uh, if Miss E has any good Ukrainian rabbit recipes. <laughs> uh, I don't know if she has any good Ukrainian rabbit recipes, Sean, but uh, she would tell the story if Miss E were here. We've been married long enough now that I know her stories. So uh, you mentioning rabbits would have uh, prompted Missy to tell you about her uncle, uh, who was, I believe, Ukrainian. This on the Ukrainian side of the family, uh, who lived in Pennsylvania uh, and would uh, hunted every fall and uh, raised rabbits. And one day, uh, when Missy was a kid, her younger brother uh, opened up the freezer. Uh, there at the uh, uncle's house and saw packages of frozen meat. Uh, The venison was labeled Bambi and the rabbit was labeled Bunny. So there were packages of Bambi and Bunny in the freezer because that was the sense of humor that uh, Missy's uncle had. And apparently 
Uh, Missy's younger brother didn't find that funny. Actually, uh, rather terrifying for a, a few years. So there you go. There's the Ukrainian rabbit story that Missy would tell you. Uh, as for the garden, Sean says, we'll have to wait until we move to decide what we can do. At the very least, we'll be, we'll be uh, building our raised beds, possibly a small greenhouse. Sean says, I cannot wait to get moved in. I'll send pics when we do. Still working on my cookbook. Hoping to have my first draft done by spring. I'll send you a copy when I do. Sean, uh, again, you know, making that move from Tahlequah, Oklahoma, uh, up more towards uh, the Claremore area, taking care of his family. And Sean, we continue to keep you and uh, all of your family in our thoughts and our prayers as you uh, make this move and go through this busy time. Sean says, that's all I got for now. Have a prosperous new year. And as always, have a better day. Sean from Pecan Grove Farm and Gardens. Thank you, sir. It is great to hear from you. Um, tell you what, we've got a couple more emails, but uh, we're going to step away for just another moment or two. Uh, stick around, though, because we have more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up next. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. I'm pretty sure Sean, by the way, wrote Rat just uh, to see if I would actually say. And uh, Sean, listen, I, I, I can curse. I Just like I can cook. It's just that, you know, Missy is such a better cook that I, I have kind of stopped. Well, she's better at cursing, too. I just I can't compete with the uh, uh, eloquence of her profanity. So uh, I, I generally tend not to try to compete. But, uh, you know, listen, I'm flying solo this week. So uh, who knows? We may even have an F-bomb or two uh, get dropped before the end of the uh, podcast. Right now, though, let's get back to the emails, I think, rather than just me, you know, cursing into a microphone. Mike in uh, Michigan. Uh, writing in. Hello, Missy in camp. Hello, Mike. Uh, Mike has been, uh, and more importantly, Mrs. Mike, Mike's wife, has been uh, dealing with some health scares. Uh, Mike says, thankfully, the uh, health scare last weekend was less scary than it seemed. It was her diabetes, not her heart, that attacked. Uh, plus, he says she found a new primary doctor a lot closer to home out of it, so that's actually good news. Well, all right. I'm glad to hear that, uh, that this story has a happy ending. Uh, truck has had brake issues, Mike says, since we bought it. Turns out it was some sort of minor miracle she could drive it at all, given the shape that the brakes were in. Uh, shop got it roadworthy for a mere $1,100, and apparently he could use another $1,300 worth of work soon. So Mike says, I guess I know where our tax return is going. Gosh, that's a uh, another, again, another expensive start to the new year. And I, I have to say, Mike, I'm, I'm feeling your pain in that regard, too. Our 17-year-old. Uh, the other day said, my my truck's steering funny, and his uh, power steering fluid 
or power steering is is pretty much gone at this point. Uh, and Miss E says that there's this weird sort of sucking vacuum esque sound uh, when the car is running. So I'm not a mechanic, and I haven't had a chance to uh, poke under the hood. But what I'm guessing happened is that during our uh, really cold weather, that uh, a gasket of some sort uh, uh, ended up uh, freezing and cracking, and uh, now we are in for. Um, Hopefully a minor repair, but uh, I'm, I'm clinching a little bit until we actually have a chance to get into the shop and see what the damage is going to be. Uh, Mike says uh, at least she can work, though, uh, if we have that truck, so it's worth it to keep it roadworthy. Being a history major has a few downsides. One of them is that I'm not a gearhead. I'm getting better at it, but it's still worth it to pay the guys who know uh, what they're doing for the big stuff. Yeah, yo, yeah listen, absolutely, Mike. And, and, you know, look, it'd be one thing, and it was one thing when we were growing up and cars were simpler. I mean, I'm not a gearhead. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But when I was 16, I could do basic maintenance on my 1973 Dodge Dart Swinger, right? I mean, I could not only uh, uh, change the oil, uh, change a tire, but uh, the, 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 the little stuff, you know, like uh, knowing how to open up the carburetor on a winter morning so that uh, you could actually start your car. Um, I could do those things. I couldn't do much under the hood of my vehicle now. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I get it, Mike. You leave it to the experts. Uh, Mike says he asked about garden plants. We don't have much yet. A raspberry bush, some flower beds are about it. We're in a village. He says we don't have a ton of land, a quarter acre, but we could do a small garden. Big problem would be keeping the white-tailed deer around here out of the garden, so we would need a fence first. We have woods right behind us and a farm very close by. The deer love our neighborhood, Mike says. Uh, building a fence is the first goal, providing we can save up uh, some for it. Truck repairs are not helping with that. Maybe next year. Well, you know, listen, I, I know you want probably a, a nice, solid, you know, pretty fence that maybe the neighbors aren't uh, going to complain about. But, you know, if you really want the garden, uh, you can always just, you know, put some metal fence posts in the ground, uh, wrap that fence with uh, uh, chicken wire. And, you know, you're not going to have a six foot tall stockade fence, but uh, you can have a mostly uh, deer proof enclosure and uh, you don't have to spend a ton of money hey, you know you look at it as a, a temporary uh, solution if you want to grow the uh, garden uh, this year also uh, brian from california checking in i uh, says you were talking about the new star wars movie on nra tv i'm a nerd bear with me says brian uh, i grew up on welfare brian says so we didn't go to the movies a lot but when we did we went to a beautiful old movie theater in manhattan with statuary on either side of the screen and a red velvet curtain that opened to show the screen. It just made the whole experience feel important and special, says Brian. Uh, and a brief digression on that topic before we pick up uh, with uh, more of Brian's email. I did not grow up with those types of movie theaters. I grew up in Oklahoma City. I grew up, uh, the movie theater that I went to all the time when I was a kid uh, was probably as old as I was, uh, you know, 1970s. Uh, was when it uh, opened up and you know, I would go see movies there in the mid-1980s. When I was 16 uh, and I got to go to Memphis, Tennessee for a, uh, a, a summer writing program, the Orpheum Theater was showing 
classic movies all summer long. And so I had the chance to see Gone with the Wind at the Orpheum, which is one of those big, old, beautiful movie theaters with statuary on either side of the screen in this huge balcony. Uh, got to see uh, uh, Gone with the Wind. And I think the other one was, uh, I think it was Rebel Without a Cause uh, at the Orpheum. And I'm really, really glad that I did because it was an amazing experience. And you're right, they don't make movie theaters like that anymore. And it is an experience. Uh, all right, back to Brian's email. Brian says, the first movie I remember seeing in the theater, that big, awesome theater, was Star Wars Episode Five, Empire. Brian says, I was six or seven. I ran around the house for days afterwards with a towel tied around my neck and like a cape affecting what in my mind was an ominous mechanical breathing noise. But in reality, most likely sounded like an asthmatic running a pill. <laughs> To this day, says Brian, even in my mid-40s, the opening trumpet refrain of the theme song makes me want to grab a lightsaber and save Alderaan. As I got older, Brian says, I noticed that you can almost see the exact moment when George Lucas was no longer a fan of the story. Brian believes it comes between episodes five and six. So between Jedi and, or uh, Empire and Jedi, Return of the Jedi. Telling a good story, Brian says, no longer as important as drawing a huge audience with walking teddy bears in a tiny brown bikini. And then came Jar Jar Binks, who is absolutely not speaking a Gullah dialect from Appalachia. The Trade Federation are absolutely not Japanese. And a greedy shop owner on Tatooine who is absolutely not an old New York Jew. After episodes one, two, three, and 7, Brian says, My inner child can't take the abuse anymore. The movie industry, quote-unquote, has basically torn that towel cape from my neck, and my wife and I haven't wanted to see the new movie yet. Uh, Brian says, I can say if you're a fan of the original three movies, you may enjoy Rogue One. The people who made that movie seem to still be fans, and you don't get the feeling that they completely sold their souls for toy sales. Um, I really did enjoy Rogue One, Brian, and I know that that mixed reviews on that. I've, I've talked to people who say, oh, no, I absolutely hated Rogue One. I liked Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was the saving Private Ryan of the Star Wars universe. I thought uh, cinematically it was very well done. Uh, as far as the storyline goes, I was invested in the characters. I cared about what happened to them. And, you know, again, as a, a fan of the Star Wars canon, like that's the story. That's a, a that's a story that you've always wondered about. Right. Or at least it's plausible to, to, to think, huh, I wonder how they did get those plans. Right. Um, I don't know that I necessarily want to see a young Han Solo uh, biopic. I mean, that doesn't necessarily uh, uh, float my boat. Um, the Adventures of Boba Fett, I would probably be interested in seeing. Uh, you know, young Greedo, nah, don't really care about that. Uh, but there are stories in that universe that you're right. If they are told with uh, the appreciation and the, you know, the affection uh, for that universe that George Lucas created before the Ewoks were introduced and, and things like that. Although, I mean, you can go, listen, you can go back to episode four and you can, you can say that the Jawas were maybe the, the prototype for the Ewoks, right? They, 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 weren't, they weren't cute necessarily, uh, but they were kind of there for comic relief. My attitude is that George Lucas uh, ideally wanted these movies to be uh, something that would, you know, just capture the mind and attention of kids like the old serials did when he was a kid and uh and and i don't know that it's i think it's probably very difficult to keep that uh mindset and that goal front and center when the movies are as incredibly successful uh as they were so i'm kind of with you brian on the uh, the disappointment uh 
I'm certainly with you on the, you know, I've got really no interest in seeing the latest Star Wars, and my kids didn't either. Um, but uh, I, I, I also understand how hard it is to stay in that sweet spot. And, uh, and, and maybe we're lucky that we did get, you know, two and a half really, really good films out of a franchise that they'll keep going now for decades to come. All right. Well, on that cheery note, may the force be with you uh, and have a, a wonderful rest of your week. Be safe. Have fun. Live a little. Learn a lot. And I promise you, we'll be back soon. Both Missy and I with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.